Hello, Chingus, and welcome back to Liquid Sound, a show dedicated to music, songwriting, and the creative process. I'm your host, Gino Brand, and we are brought to you in cooperation with the Liquid Arts Network, connecting artists and communities since 2000. We hope you've had a happy new year so far. A bit of housekeeping today. We recently took a week off for a holiday break, and at some point during that break, according to the analytics at our podcasting host, Red Circle, Liquid Sound had its 1,000th total download. And a while ago, I got some great advice from someone close to me who told me that, especially when you're starting something new, it's easy to confuse what's important with what's easily measurable. And so I tried not to pay too much attention to things like, you know, download numbers and instead focus on what's really important, which is that you, the listener, are giving me your time and attention every week. And I, I take that responsibility very seriously. And according to our location data, we've had people listening in over 45 countries. That totally blows my mind because I'm pretty sure I haven't even traveled to that many countries. So. Anyway, I really try to make sure that this show is entertaining for you, for whatever reason, wherever you are. And maybe it'll even inspire some people to make some music of their own. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there that get thousands of downloads every episode, but having said that, we are all about celebrating our milestones here, however small or insignificant they may seem. So celebrate we will. And a big acknowledgement to Kenneth May, founder of the Liquid Arts Network. Kenneth has always been a very enthusiastic steward of the arts scene here in Busan. And ever since last summer, when I came to him with the idea of making our little show here, his, his support and wisdom and guidance and friendship have all been invaluable. Um, all of the musical guests that have been on and the guests who have yet to be on, I really do appreciate all you have done to share your music with our audience and to share our show with your audience. It's really been a blast to talk with musicians uh, about their passion and watching their eyes light up when they talk about making a song or a recording session or you know a live performance. And really a lot of fun to, to sit in with them on, on these live in-studio sessions that we do. And of course, all of you listeners, I truly cannot thank you enough for giving us a chance of all the millions of choices out there for ways to entertain yourself, you have chosen to spend this time with us. And for those of you who have shared the show with friends, a huge thanks. Uh, we're always looking for a new audience, people who might be interested in checking out what we're doing here. So in that vein, this month we are running a cross-promotion with another music-centered podcast called Sounds of the World. And you'll hear that promo in today's episode. And we wish them all the best as well. And now for today's episode, we are very excited to welcome Dan Panazzo and Colin Craig, founding members of the band Haji Mama. Haji Mama was a band active from 2008 to 2012, and they quickly became known throughout Busan for their high-energy performances and catchy sing-along choruses, with often comedic observations about life in Korea. They have each since gone on to pursue solo projects, but with Dan's departure from Korea on the horizon... This now defunct band might soon be refunct for a short time, perhaps. I guess we'll see. Anyway, I've always been a fan, so I invited Colin and Dan to the studio to relive the glory days of Haji Mama, and we talked about 
healthy competition and knowing your strengths within a band, recordings that didn't age so well, our monster noses, and lots more. And we finished up the episode with a live studio performance of one of their as-yet-unreleased songs. The first of their tracks we'll listen to is called Abandoned Soul, and here are Colwyn and Dan to introduce the song. This is Abandoned Soul. It's the first song on our album titled Abandoned Soul. It's a very popular Haji Mama anthem, and just the just the pride of Busan. We wanted to say how cool Busan is because we live here. Everyone likes Busan. We hate on Seoul because we live here. And that's what this song's all about. <laughs> we hit on a lot of things back in the day. Yeah. I think we've matured a little bit. But. <laughs> Definitely, but the album has not. It was made when it was. Yeah, right.
Abandoned Soul by Hajimama. Classic, classic. It thanks is. For, thanks for singing along, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you guys want to talk about kind of how Hajimama first came about? Definitely. For sure. Uh, we were formed kind of like a, like a super group, really, <laughs> mm-hmm. by uh, Liam Colvin at the basement. Um, I had come from another city, Dejan, and I was playing in a band over there. So I came to Busan, and I was trying to get some music going. And uh, yeah, Hans, they said, oh, I know, I know a guy who uh, also is a good musician and wants to get a band going. So he basically put us together. That's we didn't know each other before the band. Yeah, we had, I don't know how we'd met. <laughs> open mic. Just open mic. Okay, Just open, open mic. open mic. Yeah. Basement open mic. What an organic way to start at the basement open mic. But yeah, I don't think we would have started the band without without Hansei for sure. Right. I think so. And we got together for a New Year's show. New Year's 2007-8, I guess. That's right. Wow. Yeah, we played three and a half songs. Okay. <laughs> well, give me the set list. The set list? Yeah. It's, it's Monster Cock, Napa Namja. Yoshimi? Uh, I want to say... America F yeah yeah America America F yeah and uh, <laughs> hey we're growing up we're mature and Urinara which is the half song we nailed Urinara yeah first we're gig definitely, pretty sure oh man <laughs> I'm surprised Korea survived that night yeah they should have just shut the lights out of the peninsula <laughs> like imagine that it's New yeah. Year's Eve and like these guys come up and kill Urinara <laughs> yeah and then we just uh, decided to keep going we did a few covers Puff the Magic Dragon oh man I among that. others <laughs> then I wrote Bali Bali She Gone Up Sayo and that was like the start of us just pumping out songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think at that point we had kind of figured out what direction, like between uh, my song Napu Namja, which was one of our first, and then Bali Bali. I think we figured out what what the people like. Mm-hmm. Where we yeah, go. Monster Cog Napu Namja definitely set the tone for the band. Yeah, we're gonna keep bringing like, that this song. This is what up. we're about. <laughs> we're gonna keep. <laughs> oh, we're, we're not, we're not, I noticed you didn't say it. I was like, well, give credit where credit's due. You well, know, it's called Monster Nose. Oh yeah, these right. Days, Monster Kunko Nose. Isayo. True. <laughs> Things change, yeah. But when you sure. record them, you know they're stuck that way. They are, yeah. But nobody's gonna look at Bandcamp for our songs, anyways. True. Uh, Bandcamp Hajimama, <laughs> Hajimama.bandcamp.com. Yeah. There you go. And yeah, don't forget about Eddie Pollock, who is also a founding member of the okay. band. Yep. Those were the good old days. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all used to switch instruments at the shows. Oh yeah. Eddie had his own songs too. That's right. We never really got to record his uh, a million noses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's, a, it's part of the Hajimama canon. That's right, for sure. There is an incredible live performance of that at uh, one of the one of the million star faces here in town, uh, <laughs> where we had a packed crowd and we were almost like stage diving. It wow, was, it's a really good performance. Um, so you guys were a band for quite a few years, right? Colin, take you, it. He, he check actually the timeline. Colin designed a timeline of all <laughs> Busan <laughs> music. If you there. do or do not know about this, I would say it started two thousand. Definitely started New Year's Eve two thousand seven eight and went until I don't know twelve two thousand twelve. I wow. guess okay, fair enough. Like yeah. solidly, but and then because of this podcast, it Hajimama may have been restarted. All right, <laughs> because we're digging into the uh, treasure trove of unreleased songs, uh-huh. and uh, th- there's discussion about maybe somehow trying to record them and get them out there. Sweet, yeah. Uh, and you recorded a couple albums while you guys were together. Uh, yeah, the yep. first album, Band in North Korea, was done <laughs> at the basement with I think two microphones to record all the drums, and then Eddie uh, basically produced the album. And yeah, we recorded vocals at his house. I remember you screaming. Uh, Maybe Bali Bali. I don't know what it was in my living room and like looking out the oh, window and too, seeing, yeah. seeing people stopping on the street <laughs> looking up like what's going on up there. Yeah, we did it at your house too. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we had a session guitarist. Oh, yeah. For a lot of the solos. Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Not and sure then uh, our second anymore. album was called uh, Band 
Oh, that's our first song. It's Abandoned Soul, yeah. Abandoned Soul, yeah. We are part of the pun. The pun continues. Right. And that one was also recorded in a, in a bar, but uh, at Vinyl Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, By Mike Levesque. Mike Levesque, one Shout day. Out Mika Mountain. Yeah. That one had about at least 11 microphones for the drums, I think. That's right. That was, mm-hmm. that was a more high produced. That's right. And you can still and see on. a gigantic banner from that album hanging up in the basement, which uh, True. is our legacy, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was a good recording session. That was all live. All the instruments plugged into the MacBook mm-hmm. somehow. And we just played the songs live, uh, singing, not into a mic, I guess, to stop the like singing sound. And yeah, we just played, I think, every song once, maybe a couple twice, and that was it. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool because... In other experiences, you you have to break it up, you know, do drums than this. And because of his setup, we didn't have to do that. So we just played it. Mm-hmm. Everything worked. Some of the timing was off, but, you know, everyone's playing together. So yeah, it doesn't, I often doesn't really how, matter. I often wonder how we did that because we were never the tightest band. But it might have been like the only time we didn't play after 2 a.m. So True. Like, yeah, you know, we were you, sober. It was the daytime. Yeah, you, you tend to be a little tighter. Uh, and I remember like in, in F2 Visa – coming out of the second solo or something i i cut it shorter than we usually played it live but we'd been playing together for a couple of years so everybody just followed mm-hmm. and you could kind of tell and we and it doesn't even matter you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna go listen to that now yeah <laughs> i didn't know about that. you wouldn't notice yeah. it all it just worked out perfect you know right so in terms of writing did you guys write a lot of those songs together or would you oh no tend to write them separately totally mm-hmm. separate okay uh dance dance i think was one that we wrote together sort of yeah, I might have added That's some lyrics the, to the that. definition of yeah. what Hajimama is. Mm-hmm. We never really like set how many songs one person is going to write to the other one, but mm-hmm. uh, we just brought them together. And I think that was probably a little healthy competition. Like neither one of us wanted to be, you know, not represented on the album. So exactly. we wanted to get as many as we could. But it always came out pretty even. I think without even like setting that up, we we made it pretty close to even as you could. Yeah, if you got a new song, I'm getting a new song. Yeah. I'm making a new song. No matter, like, I don't know what it's going to be, but right. there's definitely some competition, yeah. I know. I was looking at the unreleased. It's it's right down the middle. It's like four or five, although a lot of mine are just like one riff with no lyrics. <laughs> so I guess I'll They're out get, there, yeah. I guess I'll have to get ready. You got a few more for the new album, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just stealing Chris Tharp songs at this point. <laughs> so, Dan, if you had to kind of describe Colwyn's writing style, and then Colwyn, if you had to describe Dan's writing style. All right. Um, Is this nothing's really real? We're doing games now? <laughs> games now? Yeah, well, Colwyn uh, understands music theory. Uh, I do not. And um, he, uh, yeah, his songs are, are elaborate. Uh-huh. Um, I think everybody... Uh, is always impressed when they when they learn a Colin Craig tune and how oh, much thanks. there actually is to it. There's mm-hmm. a lot to it, and they're they're sometimes frustrating to learn as a band sometimes, but uh, when you do, yeah, they're really fun to play. Um, he does he does cool little tricks with his uh, with his riffs that make them uh, fun to play. Really, yeah. Hmm. And um, I guess he's more punk rock style than I than I am. And Hajima was originally a punk group, I think, because that's all that was being played in Busan at the time. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, our goal early on. You know, was just to be part of that scene. It was really fun to play with all the green punks. But back to uh, yeah, his songwriting style. It's uh, it's good. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks. How about you, call? If you Dan to... songwriting style mm-hmm. originally was, uh, I think, take a song, take a famous song, use the chords, and uh, and make new lyrics to it. Pretty which... much, yeah. I did find kind of uh, annoying back in the day. I was like, come on, man. You know, you can do better than that. I was <laughs> never is, a songwriter, man. Yeah, maybe that goes back to the healthy competition part. Yeah. Yeah, I think dance songs are more 
what's the word? What were we saying? Psych, like psych rock or prog rock influenced. Mm -hmm. So I was recently listening to Abandoned Soul and it was kind of from punk song into like open, uh, ringing out chords. Mm. So it's quite different styles, but obviously his first two songs that started the band, like the the songs are always thematically similar, you know, they're about their observations about Korea. Right. Or there's always humor in them. And that's like what united the songs, even if they don't necessarily come from the same genre, I mm-hmm. guess. And I think I try to write like more sing-along songs. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do something that's going to be fun to do live and that people who are watching us the first time, by the second chorus, they're going to sing along Exa- that chorus. Yeah, that's for sure. Because that's how we always said, you know, Korea, Korea is transient. People are in and they're out, not the locals, of course. But uh, you want to get the foreigners and the Koreans to be into the music. And the way you could do that was make it something poppy and sing-along. And repetitive. That's a lot of, yeah, that's a lot yeah, of what we did. Repetitive shouting choruses is a big part of Hajimama. Yeah, we got, we, but we did get a lot of people to sing along. It was fun. Yeah, everyone sang along. and Yeah, yeah playing live was great. I think we taught Korean to a lot of people too. Maybe. I've gotten that quite quite a few. Quite Our target market was definitely Koreans with high level English uh-huh. and then like people who've been here one year. Yeah. If you've been here three months, you're like, what is, I don't know. I don't, you know, what is this? You're doing your own thing. And after you've been here four years, you're like, ah, I don't need that. Yeah. But if you've been here one year, you're like, oh yeah, I, I can understand the lyrics, some of their lyrics and I speak English. I get it. I can tell my friends about them. Right. That's right. Second years, that's what we're going for. Uh-huh. I always like to ask people where they first started getting into writing songs or playing music mm. and stuff. So like, Colin, how did you first realize that this is something that you liked doing? Mm. My dad plays guitar. Okay. I tried to play guitar when I was younger mm-hmm. and kind of failed. This would be a lesson for the kids at home listening. I'm a small person. I got small hands. I always thought I couldn't do it. <laughs> One summer in college, I was at home uh, working at Subway Sandwiches. Imagine shout that. Out, shout out to Subway. <laughs> they keep coming back. Yeah. And yeah, I, just, I had a lot of free time and just took it up and, and went for it and started with an old book of, uh, I had like Amazing Grace, I think was one of the first songs I learned. Okay. And Donovan, uh, whatever his big song was, classic 60s stuff. Yeah. It was my dad's like book. Yeah. So I learned that and then graduated into like going on the internet, finding chords, you know, for Smashing Pumpkin songs. Stuff like that. And once I learned enough chords, then I just started making my own chord progressions and then started trying to put lyrics to them. Eventually did a lot of bad songs. Most of the first 50 songs, I don't know, that I made, like never, you know, never made it to anything. They either were never finished or they're embarrassing, like sad, pathetic love songs. I grew up on emo and and that kind of music. Mm-hmm. Maybe at, just before I came to Korea, I decided to make my first album. So I did it in my basement, acoustic guitar, and a, and just a single computer microphone. I was pretty proud of it. It is on Bandcamp. But when I look back now, those songs are also embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like, I mean, yeah, as time goes by, yeah. even Hajimama, we thought was like the best things ever. Some They seem dated, you know? For sure. Mm. Like Super Biante. <laughs> it's kind of an embarrassing song, really. <laughs> Doesn't make sense anymore. But when you're 22 or whatever, it's like, oh, this is hilarious. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's enjoyed that song at the time. Yeah. Now, at the time, people would, you know, not enjoy that song. <laughs> sure. How about you, Dan? Do you remember? Yeah. So I started playing guitar about 13, um, and I just wanted to be a guitar player. 
I just yeah. wanted to be Slash uh, and rip some solos and do some hard rock. And then in high school, uh, trying to you know get girls, we made a band, and I also wrote some awful, embarrassing songs. <laughs> but we won the Battle of Bands, our first performance. That was nice. kind of cool. Yeah, uh, rocketed to stardom there. And then in college, I had a cover band. Did a lot of My Morning Jacket, Pearl Jam, oh, uh, Flaming Lips type stuff. And uh, but again, I never sang. I, I just I just played guitar. That's all I did. And then it wasn't until I came to Korea. You know, I didn't have any chingus at the time. Uh, first weekend, I got money. I'm drunk and rich. I don't have a crew. <laughs> so I bought a guitar and I spent a lot of nights just like playing around making songs. And then uh, I found a local music scene in Daejeon where I was at. Started playing around with those guys and I wrote <clears throat> uh, Ko or Monster Nose. And uh, those dudes really liked it. And they were like, man, that's a good song. Why don't you play in our band? They were the biggest band in yeah. Daejeon. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to sing with the biggest band? This is kind of cool. So that was like my first time ever singing live. I performed live, but I never sang before. And then it wasn't until I came to Busan that I started writing songs and singing to them. So to what Colin said, like, I never really thought of myself as a songwriter. I I did often just take songs, deconstruct them, Mm. and then put my funny little lyrics because uh, I didn't, I don't, still to this day, do not really see myself as a singer. But later I found out, like, if I have any skill in songwriting, it's, just making jingles, like, you know, mm-hmm. taking something that you sing in the shower and then making a song out of that. So I think, uh, yeah, there you go. Sweet. Do you remember any of those terrible songs that you wrote? I do. Um, actually, <laughs> it's The Agents of Disinformation. Hmm. Uh, just on Agents of Propaganda. That's what it was. Was it the name of your band? No, that was the name of a song. Okay. <laughs> Which I have no idea where it came Sounds from. Political, uh, yeah, I think it was. It's just all about the man, you know, trying to <laughs> trying to work behind the behind the scenes against. It's a big us. deal when you're like 17. That's right? what I'm yeah. saying, right? Isn't that what like all 16 year olds are paranoid about? Is the agents of propaganda controlling our life? Um, and thankfully, you can't find that one on Bandcamp, so that's good. So let's listen to another tune. I'd love to listen to, uh, this is an unreleased Haji Mama song. Is that right? Yeah, that's true. It's also recently recorded. I just recorded it last week. Oh, okay. It's just made on, uh, on Pro Tools. It's all MIDI instruments. And I just sang along because I'm not sure why. I guess you invited us on the podcast and I was just thinking about the songs. And I was like, oh, it's kind of fun. And I just put it into Pro Tools and made it. So it sounds very different than it did when we played it live. Okay. Right. It's Definitely. one of those ones we never recorded. Right. Um, live, it, it was it was a rocker. It was an end of a set kind of song. Yeah, big rock out at the end. Mm-hmm. Obviously, lots of distortion. This version's a bit more subdued, and I don't know. It's okay. so cool as hell, but though, I, I think. think. Th- yeah, and thematically, it, it kind of sums up Hajimama and, and everything that we did here. I yeah, think. it's called right. Midnight Crowd. So it's about the Busan scene at the time. Everyone's staying up late and all the shenanigans that happen and uh, I want to say at the time in like uh, in music, it was Shots, Shots. The first line of the song is, we hear Shots, Shots. Mm-hmm. We are talking party rock, LMFAO, a lot of that, like 50 Cent stuff. So this is, yeah, it's kind of a an attempt at puns and lyrical wordplay that turns into a punk here chorus. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Here comes the
All right, Midnight Crowd, the unreleased Hajimama. Still unreleased. Still unreleased. <laughs> Perhaps released soon, right? So, Colin, you've been doing a lot of recording at, at home lately? Uh, not recording, but yeah, songwriting and stuff. Okay. Due to COVID being stuck at home, that led to a resurgence in picking up the guitar and yeah. Yeah, making doodles with the loop pedal, making new songs. Before that, wasn't really playing much. Hmm. But yeah, being at home and teaching online, a lot of free time in the in the house. Mm-hmm. Have you found it similar, Dan, to like, have you found a lot of time to play at home and, and stuff like that? Well, my situation is different. It's all, it's all about uh, Eggy de Monet. Uh, it's all about <laughs> having a kid at home. So yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't really have any time uh, for, I can't even practice, to be honest with you, uh, without my son jumping on my head and screaming <laughs> and hitting me. Do you write a lot of uh, songs kind of about your son now? About having a kid? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, it's kind of like it's it's kind of too personal mm-hmm. that I don't think I like to go there, mm. or maybe I don't. I wouldn't say I don't like to go there. It's just that uh, as I as I told you guys before, I never wrote a song until I came to Korea, and so like all my songs are about living in Korea. Mm-hmm. And when I made my solo album, my album is just about uh, it's kind of like post Hajimama. Like I've lived here so long that. Um, I am Korea and I'm part of this world. So it's not so funny anymore. It's just a reality. This is my world. Mm. And I think I wrote a lot of songs uh, in that vein. And I've been thinking about it lately. And uh, it was just like the last five years, my songwriting was coming to terms with someone who's lived in Korea for as long as I have and making this your home. Mm. And uh, now I'm starting to move in a new direction. And I just wrote one last week. That's uh, about saying goodbye to Korea. So okay. uh, we'll see. We'll see where we go next. So you're leaving pretty soon, right? Yeah, I'm leaving in a in a few months. Mm-hmm. So now I gotta make an album worth of <laughs> <laughs> worth of coming to coming to terms with leaving Korea, and then I'm gonna go to Wisconsin, and I'm gonna write classic rock tunes. <laughs> that's that's kind of the idea I have in my head. Okay, yeah. So maybe then I can uh, talk about my my son, my yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Write some songs about my baby. Right. Think you'll get a band going back home. Uh, I hope to. I, I hope to just repeat Dejan. Just go go to the bars where where people are playing and uh, try to meet somebody. And songs uh, about flannel and <laughs> ice fishing. Yeah, exactly. Ice, ice fishing song. There we go. And uh, see if I can mooch my way into the uh, into the scene that way. Mm-hmm. Right on. So, Colin, um, mm. do you want to talk a little bit about some of your your post Haji Mama music that you did? Oh yeah, I mean. There's been lots of things that have happened since Hajimama. Yeah, sure. Uh, as, as Dan was kind of saying, like, yeah, you know, Hajimama grew up. It was like, mm-hmm. it was time to end the band mm-hmm. for various reasons, among others. It's like, yeah, you know, life here stops. The observations stop becoming that interesting mm-hmm. after you've been here uh, a longer time. So, yeah, we called it quits on the band. I did open strings for a couple of years, I think until I think 13 to 15, maybe. Uh, we, also with Andrew Keeley, who mm-hmm. was our drummer. That unfortunately ended too. Andrew took off, so that was kind of the end of the band. And then I did uh, the Blink Day. So we did just uh, Blink and and Green Day covers, and that was pretty awesome. Great crowd reaction. We started doing the Halloween shows and the Christmas shows. Uh, then the side project was, yeah, Tiny DJ. Uh, those were just yeah non-lyrical songs, mm-hmm. just beats and stuff, a little bit dubstepy. So what got you into doing that? Like what got you into kind of making I got an iPhone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I got an iPhone and take the subway 30 minutes every, like uh-huh. one way to work every day. Uh-huh. That's a great hobby for the for the subway. Yeah. What advice would you give to like people who are interested in making a band with their friends? That's a great question. Kind of what we were just going on with uh with songwriting uh, as we've been talking here. I was I was thinking that like 
when you're starting out, you can't know what your um, best ability is and mm-hmm. what you bring to the table most in a, in a band or in songwriting. At the end, it's kind of easy to look back and be like, wow, yeah. I, I'm really good at that. And then you focus on – not that you don't evolve. You do evolve. But you kind of know uh, – at least for me, I can say I learned like where I'm best suited in a band. And I guess early on, even though it's hard to do that, I would tell the band members to try to take a moment to sit back and discuss with each other what you guys think are your best attributes to a band and what you can bring to it. And then I think that you might be able to um, fast track your band that way, maybe. Mm -hmm. What do you think? There's def- there definitely is something to that. I think Dan likes performing more than I do. Absolutely. Like, I like I was always songs. about the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Creating the songs is my favorite part. When when you make something, when like the lyrics fit or you get a phrase, there's that moment in Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, where uh, Freddie Mercury is like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Like the, I just, I wish I'd never been born at all. It's in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh my God, like did that just come out of me? Yeah. And like that kind of moment is pretty awesome. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah, performing is essential. You know, you got to share your songs in that way, but you also, I really think, always like practice more than I did, which is why you and Andrew oh, yeah? stay, stick around and like <laughs> practice for three hours after we were done. And I'm like, I think we're good on this. <laughs> I'll see you guys on yeah. Saturday night at midnight. I'll be ready to go. <laughs> it's really good to have a, a good relationship with your bandmates as far as like how fun you're willing to take it like how much mistakes you're gonna allot because there are musicians and bands where they want everything to sound exactly like the record when you perform and that's great uh and then there's early haji mama where you know we we went in there to the show oftentimes having a hard time standing up but we knew that going into it and i think that brought some of the magic to it and that's the fun it's the improv that we are allowing ourselves to have some mistakes but on the other hand, you make some magic sometimes that way. So I think that's something that a band can uh, communicate. How much they're willing to, you know, be free on stage, I think is a good idea. Yeah, there's people who record their live shows and listen to them. I, I don't get it. Mm. I don't want to hear that. Mm. It's not the purpose. Like, if you were there, you heard it. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're selling it for, like, Pearl Jam records all their live stuff to sell the fans, that's different. But to reflect on it yourself, like, I don't really find that valuable or useful. Like, what am I going to hear that I, like, oh, I could have sung that better? But, like, that's seems like wasted energy. I've heard, I've heard a lot of good stuff off recording and bad stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I definitely think I've improved. But I'm also, like, like you just said, I like performing. I also like listening to live music better than recorded music. That's just the way I am. I just always like knowing that this has actually happened by humans in the moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas recording, there's so many millions of factors I can't understand to it. I like the I like the live view. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Now, when I hear recorded music, I want I want it to be perfect. <laughs> live, it's that's it's live, so it doesn't have to be. But like you brought up, Pearl Jam, better live than on record. <laughs> we I'll test debatable. You. I'll test you on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of recorded music, can we hear one of Dan's solo tunes here? Yeah, absolutely. Let's play it. So this one's "It's Mine," right? Yeah, I kind of alluded to it before, but I wrote a solo album about six years ago, and uh, it was coming to terms with not being someone who Korea is a novelty anymore. Uh, Korea was life, and so this song is exactly about that, walking the streets and realizing this is my country now. This is my reality. I'm no longer just an outsider making observations, as we said. I'm a person, you know, uh, influencing this world around me.
You know, I just want to say, man, it's uh, good that you're doing this um, because there's a lot of uh, great music that's been going on in the scene. It's good that you're documenting it. And I actually have a funny story that I was going to do what you're doing 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, I brought it to the Busan radio station and I said, I'm a musician in town and I'm, I'm friends with a lot of musicians, both Korean and foreigners. And I would like to make a music program where I play some of their recordings and I bring them in and talk about the music. And uh, Busan uh, EFM was interested and they we did a sound check with my voice and uh and then they called me a couple days later and they said well uh we got a show for you i said excellent let's do this and they said yeah so it's a little different than your idea all right what is it well what we're going to do is on sundays at 8 a.m you're going to go to elementary schools with your guitar (laughs) and you're going to sing children's songs and we'll record you singing uh you know humpty dumpty uh, with a bunch of elementary school kids Singing along. Doesn't uh-huh. sound fun? 
you know, here I am in the midst of Haji Mama. You know, I'm not awake before two on a Sunday. Right. Thinking that's not exactly the idea I had. <laughs> and uh, no, thank you. And no. that was that was the end. And I'm glad that ten years later, uh, you picked up the show. And uh, I think I think you're doing it. You're doing it beautifully. Well done. All right, man. It's great. Thanks. Yeah. So since you guys, since you guys have kind of finished your your band, you've done a few reunion shows, right? Oh yeah, we've actually played every year. Okay. <laughs> I mean, until Andrew, like Andrew was in open strings with me, and so we still did Haji Mama twice, three times a year. Yeah. I think. Okay. Anytime there's a good cause, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Haji Mama. Despite all the jokes, we've always been a band for causes. A lot of charity yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. If there's a good cause, or if an old member's back in town, we're playing. <laughs> or if uh, somebody who you know their lives were shaped by Haji Mama, their first or second year, they come back, <laughs> we're playing. Do a show. Yeah. Um, and if we uh, if we release this treasure trove of uh, Haji Mama classics, obviously we're gonna have to play for that too. Yes. So, tell um, me about this uh, this unreleased album that might be made soon. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we were playing, you know, we were writing songs and they were they were part of our live show. But uh, yeah, just going back and looking at it, there still are some good songs that mm. I think could be recorded easily enough and would be nice, mm. to, nice to have. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of songs that we played live at, for a year at least that we never yeah, recorded. Right. Mm-hmm. It'd be good to get them on, get them down. I don't know. Cool. Mm. Well, should we play one? It just, yeah. Yeah, let's do one of those unreleased tunes. Let's do it. Okay. So tell me <laughs> about this good. song. But before play we play it... Uh, Oh, if you're yeah. gonna play on it, yeah, uh, you don't mind us releasing it, and then you are officially part of Haji Mama, right? <laughs> I'd love to. Yeah. Sweet, be an no, honor. You know, you band. Uh, this is a Haji Mama secret, but uh, in 2008, what we would do is we'd make a video, a music video, and we'd include pictures of all of our friends in the video, <laughs> unbeknownst to them, so we could tag them. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we're kind of doing that trick with you, and now you're on the album. That's great. Nice. So, We'll be like linked in uh, Bandcamp, right under Gino Brand. Gino Brand. There'll be side projects. Perfect. Mama. So this is Party Hard. Yeah. So what's yep. the meaning of this song? <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of. Uh, as you're gonna hear in the introduction, it's a it's a sort of the hypocrisy of what we do here. That like our day jobs is going to school and telling everybody like be serious and study and go for your mm. dream. And uh, what's that Korean word I always like that starts with a D? Not dedication. Diligent. Be diligent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, but at night, at three, four nights a week, we're partying until the wee hours, singing and, and, and coming in, waking up and showering quickly and going to work the next day. So you're going to hear at the beginning from the student's perspective, uh, studying hard. They want to do a lot of things, but they're sitting home and they're studying hard because that's what they have to do. And then it's going to switch to our, our perspective. And it's all about uh, gogi, uh, meet friends and party. All right. Yeah. Great. All right, let's get set up. I'll grab my ukulele. <laughs> Pot? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> study hard, study hard, pizza and a pakji song. Study hard, study hard, chicken and a nore bomb. Study hard, study hard, and then go to the home. It's my first year, and I think I really like it here. It's year two. I'm drunk and rich, I got a crew. It's year three. It's time for university, but I don't think I'm ever going home. I got chingus, I got gogi, I'm never alone. I don't think I'm ever going home. I got Brown Dave's number in my cell phone. Party hot. Party hot. He and you and Macaulay. Party hot. Party hot. 
fourth year Yeah, I think I really like it here It's year five Oh, okay, I'm still alive It's year six And man, I'm gonna miss this But I don't think I'm ever going home I got chingus, I got gogi I'm never alone I don't think I'm ever going home McDonald's delivers to my front door Party hot Party hot KSU and street kebabs Party hot Party hot Tall boys at convenience Stores, party high, party high, and go to the home. Party high, party high, Samyan and Metal City, party high, Trivia in Guangali, party high. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Liquid Sound. We'd like to give a huge thanks to Dan and Colwyn for visiting the studio and sharing their songs and stories with us. If you'd like to hear more of their music, it is available on Bandcamp and Spotify, which we will post links to in the episode notes, along with links to some of their solo work. For upcoming info about the Liquid Arts Network, you can find us at liquidartsnetwork.com. If you or someone you know would like your music featured on our show, send an email to liquidsoundpodcast at gmail.com. Please do subscribe to the Liquid Sound Podcast, share the show with your friends, and if you haven't yet, take a moment to give us a review and a five-star rating. It really does help listeners find the show. On behalf of everyone at the Liquid Arts Network team, we thank you so very much for listening today. And until next time, support independent music, support your local arts community, and support each other. And we will see you very soon. Jen, take it away. You said, no, actually, this is the first one I read. But I think I'll read more. He's pretty and light and dear. Yeah, yeah. From there, the conversation's